Well, uh, good evening. It is 6.30 p.m. You are listening to WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. The show is Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. Uh, Jim has family business tonight, so I don't expect him to be here, but we'll see. In any event, uh, quite a, an interesting week. Uh, Donald Trump had a bad week, a very bad week, until yesterday uh, when he had a pseudo-victory football lap. And we follow the sports show down here. And uh, I thought that it was, there were some things about it that were awfully strange. Um, so I'm going to provide a little bit of a countervailing narrative here. Obviously, everybody... Uh, in the world is glad that al-Baghdadi is dead. This guy was a barbarian and a fraud. Uh, he made his uh, claim by actually literally walking into a mosque in Mosul uh, several years ago and declared himself a caliph, declared that there was a caliphate. And the witnesses at the mosque said he just came in with, you know, 20 armed uh, uh Probably ex-Saddam Hussein, uh, Sunni, uh, Fedayeen type. You know, Saddam Hussein had was notorious for having these sort of irregular militia people that were outside the Iraqi army. And we need to remember that <clears throat> ISIS as such, ISIL, Daesh, whatever you want to call them, were formed as a sort of a loose-knit group of people that were actually fighting the American occupation of Iraq. They were the remnants, really, of the Zarqawi network. And oddly enough, um, they even were opposed by al-Qaeda. And that is because they had an extremist position on religious jihad. They weren't as interested in killing Westerners as they were interested in killing Shiites. And because they were killing Muslims at much, much greater rates, and Kurds at much, much greater rates than even Westerners, I think that sometimes the perspective about ISIS has been a little uh, distorted. I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, uh, because obviously many facts are still yet to come out. I do want to point out that I thought it was interesting that the compound uh, was destroyed by the American military. We'll never know about the tunnel or the dog or all of the weird statements that Trump made in his briefing yesterday, a briefing that was strange in and of itself for many reasons, a uh, troubling briefing. I'd like to point out that Sunday morning in America is a time when most people who are Christians are getting ready to go to church or are already at church. Um, it's a day of rest, according to the Bible. Trump doesn't read the Bible. Now, does he? Now, different religions have different Sabbath days. But the point is, is that on Sunday morning at 9 o'clock, 9.15, or whenever the actual briefing started, which I heard most of uh, on the radio, uh, people are either sleeping in 
from their rough work week. Some people are even hungover and they're sleeping in. Or they're off to church. So for Trump to time this announcement to correspond to the Sunday talk shows, in and of itself is kind of twisted. Uh, He could have made the announcement the night before, but instead what he did was he tweeted out a teaser And interestingly, I heard the news starting around midnight because I was listening to the Michigan game, listening to the World Series. Both turned into blowouts. And let me tell you, I would always trade a loss to Penn State for a thrashing of Notre Dame. Uh, That was one of Michigan's great performances. So uh, let's congratulate uh, Jim Harbaugh and the Go Blue team. And hopefully they can get this season turned around a little bit with kind of a young defense that I think is improving every week. In any event, of course the Trump performance, to paraphrase Robert Taft, was a perfectly reckless performance. He talked mainly about himself, of course, and he ignored... The fact, and, you know, he thanked Russia. It now emerges that he informed Russia uh, about the raid, but not uh, the United States Congress, claiming that it was all about leaks. Washington is a very leaky town, he said. Well, yes, there are leaks. And, of course, by 3 or 4 in the morning, the BBC uh, seemed to know all about al-Baghdadi, and some of their analysts were quite confused why this took place near Idlib, Idlib, uh, which is in the northwest corner of Syria. It's an area that's still uh, being fought over. It's still a rather large area of Syria. But Al-Qaeda is actually in big, uh, it's a big strong stronghold for Al-Qaeda at the moment, the Iraqi-Syrian version of Al-Qaeda. And one wonders if al-Qaeda was the intelligence that was provided. I found it interesting that the Kurdish leader noted that they had been monitoring al-Baghdadi's movements for five months. So why yesterday was selected is uh, somewhat curious. But let's look at some of the bizarre events of the week. Uh, Erdogan announced that he wants to uh, start building a nuclear weapon. Uh, And this, of course, raises questions. Did Trump orchestrate this killing of al-Baghdadi in cahoots with the Turks and the Russians in which the United States agreed to withdraw from northeastern Syria, this so-called security zone, and allow the uh, Turks into this area? Trump has made some strange statements about Russia and Syria. He said if Russia wants to go into Syria, let them. Well, they're in Syria. They've been in Syria for four years. They have military bases in Syria. They are trying to prop up the Assad regime. So the killing of al-Baghdadi was welcomed by Iran, Syria, Turkey, Russia, America, all of Western Europe, and virtually all people on the planet. Because most of of, uh, ISIL's activities over the last years uh, have actually killed Muslims. Uh, They've been killing Muslims all over the world, particularly in places like the Philippines, everywhere, the Philippines, Egypt, Afghanistan, Syria, Iraq, uh, Libya. 
Uh, and, of course, they've had a couple of uh, terrorist attacks in Western Europe. The beheadings of journalists and the gruesome, twisted, homicidal, m- maniacal ideas of al-Baghdadi were obviously so bizarre that no human being could tolerate such a thing. He was a propagandist. He used social media to lure people in to his organization, as twisted as that is. And young people, some in, in Western Europe and even estimated 30 Americans, went over to Syria uh, because at that point Iraq uh, was already under ISIL's control. And let's remember that these are areas uh, of, that have been under civil war now for uh, 16 years. Iraq was total chaos after the American invasion. And the northern part of Iraq, where the Kurds live, the Iraqi Kurds are up in Mosul, uh, this was not a caliphate, uh, in my opinion. This has been exaggerated, uh, al-Baghdadi uh, uh, controlled social media, and he controlled parts of uh, a good chunk of Mosul and uh, Raqqa, which of course is in the middle of nowhere in northeastern Syria. But this idea that this big desert, mountainous area was under the control of uh, ISIL is a little bit false. And Baghdadi hadn't, had been in, in massive decline. He'd barely been heard from in numerous years. There have been numerous reports about Baghdadi's uh, decline. For instance, the Wall Street Journal in August of uh, 2018 reported about a, a, a man who met Baghdadi who said he was, quote, very gaunt, tired, and troubled, uh, to use his words. Um I read an article about uh, Al- about the Islamic State. This is before Donald Trump was elected. This is by Scott Shane, one of their uh, great uh, intelligence reporters. It says, with Islamic State under pressure, its propaganda efforts appear to flag. This is dated October 11th, and it goes into great detail about the unbelievable decline of uh, ISIL's uh, social media presence and the fact that it had lost steam in terms of getting recruits to come over to this area of the world. And, of course, rational people that would see beheadings on television, uh, Baghdadi uh, should not have named himself uh, um, Baghdadi. He should have named himself Beheady. Um, that's a bad joke. Um, but, of course, the world is better off without him. Uh, but I think that his influence and ability to control ISIL is is minimal, and we're getting a sort of a false sense of victory here by the president of the United States. Even the BBC journalists that reported actively on the ground from Raqqa uh, several months ago were noting that America was just bombing rubble. The ISIL people had already fled. So they have scattered about into with probably a dozen different countries. Uh, they are not, quote, defeated. And while al-Baghdadi himself uh, received amazing justice, so to speak, um, he, uh, his influence has been uh, in rap- really profound decline uh, for many years. Let's remember that al-ISIS... 
Isil, Daesh, whatever you want to call them, were evicted from Iraq by the Iraqi army and the U.S. army and the Kurds on the ground. Uh, they were evicted from Syria with the help of the Kurds. And Trump, of course, has had disparaging words about the Kurds for many, many weeks now, justifying this uh, this hasty withdrawal, a withdrawal, by the way, that I'm in favor of in the long term, but a, a, draw, a withdrawal that really needs to have um, agreements on the ground about what's going to happen next, a controlled withdrawal, a withdrawal that doesn't look like a crooked deal. Uh, we've heard some comparisons uh, to Munich, uh, the Neville Chamberlain deal, uh, about the uh, uh, future of Czechoslovakia that happened in September of uh, 1938. In, of course, this crooked deal that was made by the Allies with Adolf Hitler, uh, Joseph Stalin, who actually had treaty agreements with Czechoslovakia, wasn't even consulted. So this was a kind of a secret deal that gave um, Hitler Czechoslovakia in exchange for a promise that he would not invade Poland. He, of course, later did invade Poland and signed another secret deal with Joseph Stalin called the Non-Aggression Pact. So perhaps a non-aggression pact is what we need to look at here. Did Trump and Putin get together to make a deal about America withdrawing from Syria to allow uh, Turkey and Russia and Assad to take this area back? So what's going to happen next in, in Syria is anybody's guess. But I think in the bigger scheme of things, the al-Baghdadi uh, operation is a temporary uh, uh, moment of, of glory that is not going to last long and is almost uh, irrelevant uh, to the future of Syria. It's interesting to note, by the way, that Donald Trump went to the World Series game last night in Washington. Uh, yes, Game 5. It's unfortunate that uh, Max Scherzer couldn't go and all that, and it's quite uh, likely that Houston will win the World Series. Not guaranteed. Uh, Washington's got a great pitcher going tomorrow night, so we'll see what happens, as they say. But when the a picture of Donald Trump appeared on the a jumbotron, so to speak, there was widespread booing and chants of lock him up. wonder what Donald Trump thought he was going to get. You wonder if Donald Trump had planned this operation, since it seems like they sat on this information for several months about knowing where al-Baghdadi really was because uh, they'd been monitoring his movements uh, one way or another. In other words, he had created so many enemies that he was at a point where he probably did die uh, a lonely soul. Now, whether he was crying and whimpering, as Donald Trump says, or whether he even blew up a suicide uh, vest, we'll never know, really. Those are all going to be impossible things to prove or disprove. And Donald Trump's uh, past telling the truth is not reassuring. But, of course, last week there, there was one great development, in my opinion, and that was the re-election of Justin Trudeau. Uh, we actually have an English-speaking country uh, that has some semblance of order, order, 
order. Oh, that's the Speaker of the British Parliament. I'm mocking him. Uh, Brexit has been postponed for another uh, four months or whatever it is. And the uncertainty and chaos of uh, the British leave or uh, Brexit uh, remain, whatever happens, is still unknown. Uh, There have been, of course, protests now by uh, people that want to remain in the EU occurring in London on a regular basis. And I dare say that Great Britain, uh, like the United States, will be permanently divided uh, in 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 a very, very troubling way that makes reunification of culture and um, how we feel about our neighbors and civil discourse and that sort of thing, a thing of the past. Canada may be the salvation of uh, the English-speaking world, so to speak. I don't want to omit uh, Australia by any stretch of the imagination or New Zealand, but those are much, much smaller places. Uh, New Zealand, in fact, very tiny. But what do, what else did we have last week? I mentioned that Erdogan announced that he wants to start building an atomic bomb. Great. Uh, of course, we had Ambassador William Taylor give devastating accounts of what really happened in the Ukrainian fiasco. He, of course, uh, defied the White House and testified. Trump's response, I don't know, Ambassador Bill Taylor. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean... He was brought in to replace the ambassador that you said was bad news. Um, Taylor, of course, is an expert on the Ukraine. He's a straight shooter. He's telling the truth. And Donald Trump is lying. Donald Trump, of course, didn't know uh, Mr. Fruman or Mr. Parnas either, even though there are numerous pictures of them dining together. Uh, They were fun. Uh, contributors to the president, but he claims he doesn't know them. Donald Trump's offensive use of the word lynching in the middle of the week. Unbelievable. I won't even go into that. That The, the whole thing is outrageous that he would even contemplate such a, a, a word and to make claims that he has been treated worse than any president in American history. Will you get a brain damage award, sir? Four presidents were actually assassinated with bullets in American history. Warren G. Harding may well have been poisoned. Uh, That's never been proven or disproven, but it's certainly been a theory. He got sick, uh, supposedly, from food poisoning. Um, And, of course, he was embroiled in a scandal at the time called Teapot Dome. Teapot Dome... They pass laws following Teapot Dome that require the president's tax uh, or financial records, tax records of uh, cabinet officials and members of the executive branch to be turned over uh, on a congressional subpoena, which, of course, is part of the dispute that's going on. Trump, by the way, on Friday lost that case yet again. He, of course, will appeal. It was announced today, later in the week, the House of Representatives is going to have a uh, a more formal vote on the matter. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, William Barr uh, seems to have 
thrown another monkey wrench into the system by announcing a claim of a criminal investigation into an investigation of the Justice Department regarding the investigation of Trump. So we have an investigation of an investigation of an investigation. And fortunately, the man that's in charge of this uh, um, future investigation is uh, got plenty of experience investing, investigating the CIA, where he's had no problems with anything they've ever done. Uh, he always comes up with the conclusion of no criminal charges will be filed here. And, oh, he takes four years to do it. <laughs> so <laughs> if you if you want to have the Russian um, matter, uh, you know, over and done with where you, quote, move on, this has been the advice of uh, numerous Republican pundits. Forget about it. Uh, William Barr, who's covering up for the president, that's quite obvious, and who himself is intimately involved in the Ukrainian investigation. He's running around the world going to Italy, allowing uh, Mr. Papadopoulos, uh, who was uh, hired by Donald Trump as a foreign policy expert, to be tweeting recently that the key to the whole um, uh, investigation into Donald Trump is in Italy. Well, William Barr didn't find anything, so he's still uh, enjoying his pasta dinner and talking to Newt Gingrich's wife on sightseeing missions. He's not finding any evidence, and I doubt he ever will, because the Ukrainian theory about uh, Donald Trump, who believes that a server exists in the Ukraine and this all originated in the Ukraine, uh, is obviously Russian uh, disinformation uh, that's de- that's getting its desired effect as Trump keeps uh, denouncing the European Union and whatnot. Uh, other amusing things, how interesting that Rudy Giuliani was back in the news, heavily involved in the cannabis industry with Russians. 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 They're everywhere. Uh, and another instance of butt dialing, a couple of instances of Rudy Giuliani butt dialing uh, media people, oddly enough, uh, almost amusing. And of course, uh, <clears throat> judges in New York uh, City uh, were exceedingly skeptical of Trump's arguments uh, on a motion to stop a subpoena for tax returns. Uh, this will obviously go to the Supreme Court at some point, like a lot of this stuff, because Donald Trump endlessly loves lawsuits and appeals, and he keeps shouting about facing his accusers. He never wants to face those 19 women female accusers, now does he? Uh, so he's got a problem, lots of problems. It's always reassuring to see Lindsey Graham in the news. He seems to be everywhere. He's golfing with Trump on Saturday, and then he's out there uh, denouncing the impeachment procedure and says that what the GOP needs to do is work on its messaging. That's not the problem with the Ukrainian situation. This ain't got anything to do with messaging. That, of course, is just a fancy way of saying we need to uh, up our game in the spin control room and uh, get our talking points more in order 
Those, of course, blew up a couple of weeks ago with Nick Mulvaney, who, let's remember something about Nick Mulvaney. He is the acting chief of staff. Donald Trump likes acting. Well, you know, his official job is that he's actually head of the OMB. And that means he's in control of the budget. And it's interesting that there are now subpoenas for budget people to uh, meet with these congressional committees to find out if the money was indeed held up by Donald Trump. Let's forget about the quid pro quo talking points. We know that Gordon Sunland met Trump at some point. That became their story after they became aware of the whistleblower complaint, after they had heard from Michael Atkinson telling the new director of intelligence that this whistleblower's filing, filings, his legal filings, were all in order and that there was urgent concern, quote-unquote, and that this material needed to be turned over to Congress. It wasn't. Until, of course, it was exposed that the Trump administration was trying to cover this up. Let's remember that the phone call went into a special, an extra special computer box designed for national security matters. Puzzling. Uh, We know there are other whistleblowers, by the way, in the Ukrainian matter. So since we've had about six or seven witnesses testify about what really was going on, What's starting to emerge quite clearly is a kind of an amalgam of the Watergate scandal and the Iran-Contra scandal. In the Iran-Contra scandal, just for your uh, recollection, uh, Ronald Reagan had a kind of an outside secret channel to Iran to sell arms. Uh, The cover story on that, by the way, was that there were moderates in the Iranian government that uh, Robert McFarland and others uh, were anxious to do business with. Uh, This explained the arms sales. Of course, it was arms for hostages. Then when no hostages were actually being released, there were a couple of releases, but the Iranians were taking more hostages, so to speak, in Lebanon, which, of course, is part of one of the other countries around the world that's in in massive uh, protests. It's interesting, by the way, that in Iraq there have been massive protests, By who? By the Sunnis against the Shiite government. It was Brent Scowcroft that asked, what is America going to do in Iraq when the Shiites take over? Well, that question has yet to be answered. And uh, Donald Trump uh, has very few answers because he simply doesn't know anything about foreign policy. I'd like to remind you that you are listening to WCBN FM Ann Arbor. Yazoo City Calling will be coming up shortly. I'd like to thank uh, Andrew for engineering this evening. Let's also recall, by the way, that the week started last week with Donald Trump claiming uh, that, the, that there was a phony emoluments clause. At the end of the week, suddenly we learn that Trump and the Trump organization are possibly trying to sell the Trump Hotel, because of the problems with the emoluments clause. Well, let's read it. It's not phony. It's actually in Article 1, Section 9, Clause 7, no money shall be drawn from the Treasury 
but in consequence of appropriations by law and regular statements and accounts of receipts and expenditures of all public money shall be publicized from time to time, published from time to time, excuse me. Oh, yes, we have a, a report that the uh, budget deficit is nearly a trillion dollars, will be over a trillion dollars next year. Section 9, Clause 8, which we'll close out with, no title of nobility shall be granted by the United States and no person holding any office of profit or trust under them shall, without the consent of Congress, accept any present emolument office or title of any kind from any king, prince, or foreign state. That includes Saudi Arabia, Ukraine, and Russia. On that note, we close. Do stay tuned. Yazoo City Calling is coming up next. Announcing that this is station WCBN. FM Ann Arbor, your Dharmic free speech station. Some music is all about right here and right now. 